This week on the Glass Cannon Podcast. With the forces of the tomb finally defeated. You've dealt a serious blow to the Storm Tyrant's army by killing now. Urthash. Urthash and Skirkatla. And disbanding their armies. And disbanding their armies. An even greater evil waits. Other situation you have is that with Skirkatla dead, you now have her gear, specifically her armor, which... Brander has demanded of you. And now the heroes have a choice. He swears he's not our enemy, but yet feels like he's playing us. Fight. And I'm perfectly willing to fight this person, but I'm just trying to act tactically here and see what our best options are. Or make a deal with the devil. Do we give Brander this armor? I don't know if we can even touch this man he's so powerful or it may be an opportunity to barter but I don't like making deals with people that evil the adventure continues what negotiation is there with a man who wears my daughter's face now Greetings, my friends. It's your boy, Grant Berger, a.k.a. Baron Ashpeak. I'm going to keep this brief so you can get straight to the action. Go! We're one week away from PaizoCon and our live show at Numo's in downtown Seattle, and I'm excited. If you're coming to PaizoCon, be sure to head to our events, Warhorn. If you want to GM or play in Pathfinder or Starfinder games, that will be held at Glass Cannon HQ. Just go to warhorn.net and search Glass Cannon. We'll also be doing tabletop free play in there all day and night with board games, card games, and maybe some GCP after dark where the night is dark and full of terrors. With that out of the way, holy crap, we're done with book four, and as Axel Rose once said, where do we go now? Well, we go straight to book five, starting now with episode 207. Can you believe it? Oh, I can't. Can you believe it? That we finished book four. No. You gotta believe. You gotta believe. <laughs> you gotta believe. Tug McGraw over here. What's up? <laughs> Do you know how many episodes book four was? Too many. Ballpark. Two. I know the answer. Two. Uh, <laughs> it was more than two. Many. Many. 72. 72. Very close. Very close. 68. 64. No. 74 episodes. Oh, man. Essentially 74. 132 was like dealing with Umlo's death, Della's death, and Brander's whoa, whoa, theft whoa, whoa, of her whoa. body. Spoilers. Nestor's double cross. <laughs> that was the start. To me, that's the start of book five. That's like, you know, you've, you've, you've beat four. the boss. Excuse me, book four, yeah. That, that, that to me is truly the start of book four. So that's 132, so 74 episodes. Let's take some bids on how many eps you think book five will be. Now, I'll tell you this. I don't think it's going to be like book four again. I, I knew going in book Much four longer. was going to be a beast. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't. I really don't think so. I think that this, you know, this is going to be very new for us. This is very high level com- combat. These are level 13 characters going up against CR 13, 14, 15, sometimes maybe even 16 encounters. Uh, you know, this is going to require a lot of us uh, to really stretch our limits of what we're comfortable with. I mean, Skid, did you get to book five of... Um, 
Like we in, actually got to book six. You did of, get to book six. Uh, of uh, Rise of the Lone Lords, yeah. All right, so you played through book five. Joe, you played through book five, Council of Thieves. I did, yep. We started book five. And you know what? Book Region. five of Council of Thieves in my game was shorter, was markedly shorter than book four, which was mm-hmm. the longest and most epic book, book of, of the series, yeah. Yeah, I felt like Jade Reacher was like that Things like sped way. up. Because, yeah. like, I don't know, there's something about high-level combat that lends it. I mean, this is some of the criticisms that you get with uh, the uh, mythical combat. Mm. It's like, there, there's some things in high-level combat that kind of lend themselves to, like, initiative wins out. It's like the initiative rolls yeah. come down, and if you get that blast power out first and you get the first full uh, attack actions off, she's like, boom, 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 and people just die, like, so fast. Yeah. So encounters tend to be a little shorter, if you know the rules. Uh, they tend to be a little <laughs> shorter. I'm going to say 55 episodes. Wow. Well, no one knows better than you. Well, I'm uh, just picking a number out of my ass. I'm aiming for 50. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna go hard. Go the under. Yeah, I'm gonna go 41 episodes. Wow, wow. 41. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Book one was like 29. But book two yeah. was what? I think it was, like, it was like 30 and then 40 and then 50 and then 74. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, saying, like I'm saying we're gonna speed it up. Okay. I do think it's gonna be faster. Uh, Grant, what do you think? I'm gonna go with. 48. 48. Okay. Oh, gee, this would be great if you got this done under a year. Matthew, you're, pe- you're the classic pessimist. The classic 5-2 <laughs> pessimist. <laughs> the ones you read about. <laughs> like you read about. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick 49. Ooh, just because it's perfect. Square. Oh wow! Oh, just oh, a screw oh, over. Grant. Thanks so much. <laughs> wow. I <laughs> hope you bust big time, buddy. One dollar. One dollar. Grant. He's not gonna remember these wagers in three episodes. But we have people. But people do that will. For us. People will. Uh, Skip. What are you thinking? Uh, I'm gonna go with the Mets. He just mentioned the famous Mets. The saying. The you gotta believe. You gotta believe. You gotta believe. Well, the Mets number 1962 1962 62 Inaugural year of the Mets I'm going to take 62 episodes So Skid's taking the over Okay yeah. well, It'll be interesting to see I thought you were going to with 41 The number of the great Tom Seaver uh, Or 42 The number of the number of wins That they got the year That they were Didn't I just pick 42 I did right Get a room you two Oh okay. <laughs> Watch the Mets <laughs> And watch the Mets together In the room Oh no it's 40 It was actually 41 so. I'm going to be really interested To see how it all plays out I, I mean, intend to do no role play In the book So I think that's going to Speed it up <laughs> Yeah that'll bit. be good I hate like I'll shut play. down Anytime somebody starts it. role playing I'm just going to shut it down Yeah yeah How are you going to do that Joe I don't know. I have to role play it. I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll figure it out in a moment. Um, <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. I mean, there was a lot of information just dumped on you. Obviously, you're not aware of the Vault of Thorns information. Um, but for Baron especially, you know, it's one thing to go in there and defeat the Witchfires. It's another thing to pick up the remains of your friends and all of their belongings. I'm assuming you guys picked up every single bit of their belongings, yeah. anything yeah. they were carrying. And then you take Skier Cotler's And uh, their remains. And their remains, yeah. Put Pembroke in a jar. Um, you grab all of Skier Cotler's stuff, including her armor that Brander specifically asked you for. Um, then you go into her cenotaph and you see the date of her rise from the dead. Sorry, what is that word? Cenotaph? Yeah, what's that word? Um, it's uh, a monument to someone who is buried elsewhere. 
especially one commemorating people who died in a war. Huh. So a cenotaph is for someone who died. Maybe they didn't recover elsewhere. their body or it's something. It's like the, the tomb of the unknown soldier. Or yeah. Something. It's like that's, that's a cenotaph. Yes. Huh. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, An empty tune, tomb or monument erected in honor of a person or group of people whose remains are elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Or the initial tomb for a person who has since been reinterred elsewhere. Ah. Oh. Well, in her case, she was reinterred. She uninterred herself. On earth. Um, and then you took her out. Baron uses his... Stone cutting. I was very excited to give you since you've been asking for 206 oh, episodes. Man, it feels good. But I think it's the second time it came in handy. <laughs> and uh, you find a room full of treasure, as well as a map to a dormant volcano where there's an elite training academy, and the volcano is called Ash Peak. That's um, not exactly what I was hoping for. Hmm. I was hoping that it may have been more of like a summer vacation destination. The Ash Peak Mountain, where I found out everything that's going on with my characters. Yeah, yeah. Like but, after uh, book six, we would go yeah. to Ash Peak and close out your story. Like a Hawaiian island. Right. Tiki bars. All yeah. I Music. could think during the Skirkotla fight when death was staring you in the face 17 times. I'm like, is Baron going to die in right. the room? One room away from finding out about <laughs> Ashby. That's all I could think. Oh, man. All I could think. And I'm I, like, this is unbelievable poetry I, if this happens. I still wake up in cold sweats just when you roll those D6s to see who you're going to attack with the yeah. witch flames. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, oh. I could have died. <laughs> That's my, it. My, my wife's it's like, what's wife, the matter? Like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, don't worry, nerd <laughs> stuff. It was even. It was even. All I could think was Dalgrith <laughs> walking in there or, you know, and, and reading and finding Ash Peak and then just watching you be sad. Oh, brutal. 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 Well, it's a new book. I want to jump a new in. Book. I really want to set the tone for this book. Book five. This is very exciting. We're two books away from finishing this story, finishing this podcast, and closing the business down. Yes. All right. Yes. So, liquidation sale coming up in three years. I, everything must go. Everything must go. I want to start this book off the right way by setting the tone. I know I've been a little. Chatty Kathy over here. I was gonna say lately, but I got I got one more scene. A really here, long fucking epic scene really, narrated by Troy. It's not that long, <laughs> but I we got to set the tone, man. You it's can not re- that long, bro. Not that long. Like uh, that was four or five to, pages. That was your turn of voice. <laughs> it's fucking fifteen minutes. I want Let's you settle all, in, especially you at home. Yeah, you. You know who I'm talking about. I see you right there. Put up, put your blinker off. You don't. You Close don't your eyes. Pull over to the side of the road. Close your eyes. <laughs> I want you to imagine the sound of horse hooves trotting over. Another episode of Joe's Total Competence. Just, <laughs> I really love that. I, I'm looking at the way no place in our podcast. There's a giant blob of sound. There's never a moment when that sound will be appropriate on this show. <laughs> the waveform looks like the big red furry monster from Warner Brothers, like the, the Bugs Bunny. <laughs> he has a name, that guy. He does. Uh, Rufus? Ru- I think it is Rufus. I think it's yeah. Rufus, yeah. The modulum, the uranium pew modulator. Uh, I want you to imagine the sound of horse hooves trotting over earth and stone. Matthew, give me a little foley work on that. I'm not, not a foley artist. Okay, yeah, that was pretty bad. Clip, 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 the sounds clip, continue. Where are my coconuts? And then, yeah. <laughs> Whoa, riddle on a horse. <laughs> the sounds continue, and then we see the actual horses, just their legs. 
It looks like three horses riding side by side. We pan up, and astride the horses are three Shawanti warriors. Two men and one woman. They're garbed in heavy furs with longbows at their back. Behind them is a wooden cart drawn by another female rider. And inside the cart are several Shawanti women, some young, some very old. As they ride along, they all see the skeletal remains of a horse over towards the side of this pathway, and they bow their heads as they pass. Side by side, they ride in silence through a narrow pass in the rock where clearly some sort of barricade once existed, and then out into an open mountain wasteland. The leader... What appears to be the leader holds his hand up and the rest of the group stops. He then points in the distance to a massive cathedral built right into the mountain itself. The enormous double doors at the front of the Cathedral of Minderhall stand wide open, letting sunlight spill into the nave. As Farron and her budding congregation of both small folk and giants go about their daily duties rebuilding this cathedral, Farron hears a sound and turns to see, silhouetted by the sun, three mounted warriors on horseback just outside the entryway. It's probably been a long time since Farron has glimpsed Shoanti, but she immediately knows why they're here. As the warriors dismount their horses and enter, Farron moves slowly towards a side room in the cathedral, opens the door. Three mops fall out and a bottle of Windex. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> she just kicks the cleaning supplies back in. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Sorry. Come on, Farron. Sorry, the cleaning guy's off this week. Uh, and she pulls out the body of four bears. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Matthew? Sorry. You didn't have to pull the mic closer to your lap. Yes, I did. It's yes, really I rude. Did. I imagine a giant fumbling with mop and <laughs> pledge, kicking pledge bottles. Sorry. And it's sorry. like, oh, I know it's here somewhere. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She pulls out the body of four. It's the lack of respect that hurts the most. <laughs> of no, you worked that's... really hard on it, and then he just shat on your face. Yeah. It's the pulls out the body instead of just like. Also, I... I uh, oh, oh, here it is. <laughs> while I feel terribly for Joe, I also deeply identify with this every time I have to use a mop in my house. It's just always just things fall on me. Yeah. I don't know how to use it, and then I beg my wife to do it for this me. This is an indictment against badly organized closets more than anything. Yes. Yes. <laughs> See, exactly. The, the giants are not immune to this sort of <laughs> no. small world problem. This is an expose. I mean, <laughs> like in the, in, the, in the best 60 minutes tradition. Well, after kicking all of the supplies aside, she pulls out four bears. He's wrapped in linens. It's very regal. It's got some weird stains on the linens. But that's not the point. That's not the point of this. It's creosote. He walks towards, she walks towards the warriors holding the body. As she stops before the leader in the center, there is a moment of stillness. There's a thick tension permeating the air as these ancient enemies, Giant and Shawanti, stand now in this sacred place under a flag of truce, reflecting on yet another death the war between their people has brought. 
The center horseman motions for the slag giant to join him outside, so they walk out together, and the congregation slowly follows to watch at the doorway as the warriors and Farron walk down those long steps of the cathedral to the ground where the wagon awaits. Out of the back of the wagon, the female rider helps an elderly woman make the high step down to the earth. The older woman is short and stooped with age, but somehow her mere presence seems to rival even Farron's size. She cranes her neck so that she can look Farron in the eye. The two pause for a moment before the old woman nods once and steps aside. Farron respectfully carries the body to the wagon and gently loads it in while the flanking warriors keep their hands low, no doubt on weapons unseen beneath their furs. Once the body is loaded, the old woman, refusing help from the younger woman this time, pulls herself into the back of the wagon, sits on a crude bench, and just rests her hands on Forebear's body. She then turns to Farron and speaks in giant to her. The boneyard has become a training ground where death walks with blade in hand. The dormant armies of hell are finally erupting. Yet all pale in comparison to the tyrant who rides the storm. She looks up at the cathedral, then back to Farron and her congregation. All will crumble. All will be lost. The rider gives the reins a whip, and Farron stands aside as two of the warriors trot out ahead of the wagon, while one lingers to guard the rear. And as the Shawanti fade from sight, back into Minderhall's valley... Farron can hear the old woman's mournful song echoing across the valley. You now find yourselves back in the secret room attached to Skirkatla's cenotaph. You've now learned that an elite training academy of giants exists in a dormant volcano sitting high in the Minespin Mountains called Ash Peak. You think back... Baron was the only one that was there of Fijimon talking about going south. What an honor it would be to be sent south. Mm-hmm. Now you know where south is. Whatever happened to Fijimon? He's, uh, he's dead. Why are we laughing? Because uh, people don't vaccinate their kids. <laughs> It's measles. Yeah, scare guard. Yeah, he's measles. Of measles. <laughs> it was a measles outbreak. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. It's not hey, funny. Hey, man. That's what happens. Yeah. Frost it's not giants, funny at all. Frost giants no are very low intelligence. Did, did that also... Because you'd have to have extremely low intelligence. <laughs> to not vaccinate your children. To not vaccinate your fucking children. Yes. <laughs> so that's how Fitchimon died. There you go. Have you gotten your booster on this? I haven't. I haven't, no. But I, I, my son just got his at nine months because we're traveling internationally. And I was like, all right, normally you get it a year. I was like, we better get this. Because there are a lot of dumb frost giants out there. <laughs> <laughs> they're ruining this for everybody else. 
<laughs> so yes, sadly now we know the fate of Fijimon. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the flat earther too. That was that was that was the kicker. No, it's got no, a lot of weird thoughts. It wasn't Fijimon that was the flat earther or the anti-vaxxer. He just lived in a community where yeah. yeah, right. It's all about herd immunity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> According to this map, oh man, this <laughs> volcano looks to be over a hundred miles south of Skiergar. <sighs> and you can also tell from studying the map that the entrance is located, looks to be located on the western side of the mountain, somewhere near the base. So you've ar- you're armed with a lot of information. I want to hand you out a map that I've been waiting to hand out to you guys. For a long, long time. Oh, oh no. Is wow. this our I next Christmas We card? have not gotten handed a map in 72 episodes. Yeah, so. at least. This is a map of the Mindspin Mountains. Uh, this is from the Giant Slayer map folio. And the reason I couldn't hand it out is because... Ash Peak is on there. Oh, wow. I think back in our Tumblr days or something, I might even have posted half of this map once to show the distance between True Now and uh, like Ghostlight Marsh, and everything's on there. You see True Now up top. You see oh, True yeah, Now, the, the River Esque, Ghostlight Marsh, the River Esque, and then there's wow. Red Lake Fort's on here too. Nargrim's Tomb. Yeah. Wow, we Yanderhof? really could have used this. Yeah, yeah. Yanderhof. Yeah, Yanderhof's there. The Bloodsworn Veil. Vale. Corvosa. Hey, Corvosa. 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 Yeah, yeah. Corvosa it is. Yeah, you knew that that's, that's Bloodsworn Veil vale separated Skelt and all of these uh, places from Corvosa. Skiergard could basically be a winter retreat for people in Corvosa. Yeah, like it's the true. Poconos. Yeah, <laughs> 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 totally. We're going to go to but it's Skiergard. But look at how far you've gone. <laughs> oh, you just broke shit. <laughs> see, uh, see, Red Lake Fort is up there. Uh, yeah. If you so, you see it true now goes up the Kestrel, turns to the S. There's Red Lake Fort. So you guys went all the way up there. Then you came back and made your way to Nargrim's tomb. You see that? Yeah. Shinneman's Fortune is there, and then there's Minderhall's Valley. From there, you decided to go to Yanderhof before heading straight through Bloodsworn Vale, where you met the Shawanti, where Lork was reincarnated. Then from there, you went to the only reasonable settlement where you could do some business. Skelt. Uh, and then from there, straight to Skiergard. Now, if wow. you look continuing south, wow. there is not a lot going on between Skiergard and Ashpeak. There looks to be two settlements. Glimmerhold, which is a dwarven city that is kind of smack dab in the southern p- part of the mine spins. Um, and then there is Kragodon, which is uh, sort of to the east of the mine spins here. Um, And that is a dwarven sky citadel. Oh my God, I want to go to a sky citadel. What is One of the last 10 remaining citadels. So the dwarves were underground when the Starstone came to town, basically. And when the earth shook, they realized that they could come out. I'm paraphrasing a lot of Quest for sky. Quest for sky. And they wanted to come out. Um... But doing so, but they also had to fight through the orcs to get there, right? And it also left the world open to the Darklands because they were very closely connected to the Darklands in their underground mountain holds. So, of the all the Sky Citadels that still remain, I think ten of them are still under Dwarven control. And didn't we have was Rag from a a place that used to be a Sky Citadel and was taken down? 
think Rag was from. He f- fought in the fighting pits of Urgear, which is an Ur-Gear, orc. That's settlement. an orc city. Yeah, yeah. I think that used to be Urgear. Used to I was, be a sky It yeah. might have. It yeah. might have. And then yeah, now it's it's taken over by orcs. Yeah, basically, Kragadan is a big deal. The orcs fought. Like, had to fight through, or the dwarves had to fight through the orcs to get to the surface. And in doing so, the orcs kept falling back and falling back and falling back. Until they were on the surface. Right. And the dwarves were on the surface, and now their war uh, took to the surface. And, and a lot of people blame the, the dwarves. Citadels. They're basically big fortresses, right? Yeah. 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 Big underground fortresses. If you ever played any Skyrim, it's per- the Dwerger, or Durger, or how do you say it? Dwer- Dwerger. 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 Aren't those, un- there's like, there's one level that is a perfect well, it's the ancient it's, sky it's, Yeah, it's the, it's the abandoned places that have no, the No, you're talking the Dwemer. Dwemer. That's Dwemer ruins, yeah. Not Dwerger. Dwemer. Um, Anyways, um, Kragadown would be uh, a big, big deal. Glimmerhold might be a little bit harder to reach where it's smack dab in the mountains, but you could, because I'm assuming you're going to want to Glimmerhold a settlement. looks like Helm's Deep. Like, it's, like, tucked into the mountains, like, very deeply. The mountain's all behind it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there's only one way in, one way out kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, and you would think uh, Kragadan is probably very similar, very hard to reach, but at least you could travel. You wouldn't have to travel through the mountains to get to... You know the main area around there, whereas Glimmerhold, you'd have to go straight through the mountains from yeah. Skiergard. Um, Can we travel by river? I mean, it looks like the best ways to travel are by river. And uh, yeah, I don't think it's we impossible. We could also travel boat. via air, right? Yeah, you can travel via air. Yeah, now things are a little bit different. Uh, you know, gone are the days when you could just blink to Skelt or Minderhall's Cathedral. Now, even though Metra clearly has the ability to teleport, she's never been to either of those two places. You have to have at least viewed a location once to use teleport, unless you have greater teleport. Now, she has been to True Now, but knowing that Gel is gone and that Sir Will and this other Ash Peak are gone. By the way, you didn't even mention the other Ash Peak. I don't know if you did that on purpose or not. Um, what other Ash Peak? The other Ash Peak, Adriel Ash Peak. Right, he was an Ashby. Right. How soon we forget. I forgot he was an Ashby. But only six episodes ago, man. He was kind of mean to me. There was a time when going to True Now seemed like a great idea. Right now, it's not. I, I don't know. You guys can do whatever you want, but I don't see. Oh, the real there's also a lake not too far from Ash Peak, the Usk Lake. Mm-hmm. Ah, same in the Usk off the Usk River. They might have a nice little, you know, retreat there. B and B. A B and B, we can get involved. Uh, get, a, the, get, a, get ourselves a pontoon. The question that keeps a couple on, cases of Miller Lite. You love a pontoon. <laughs> I've never met someone who loves a pontoon as much as you. Oh man, you can fish and swim. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> and drink a hundred beers and get. There's sunburned. nobody. There's no group of people that could use a break. And yeah. a lake house more than this particular That's group true. of people. That's a hundred percent true. <laughs> Can't you just give us a couple days on the lake? For God's sake! <laughs> if you watch Star Trek: Next Generation, every other episode is just like, "Well, not much to do this week. Let's just hang out and like go to the uh, holodeck." <laughs> Doesn't really end well any of those times. No, though. but I mean, still, it ends fine. There's but... plenty of downtime. <laughs> they play poker. They well, play not... po- yeah, they play poker. We're not going to finish in forty-two episodes without any downtime. Skid. Let's go. Let's get the show on the road. I Which would. river are we taking? I just wanted to point out the the incredible on a, amount of downtime on Star Trek Next Generation. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. I mean, space is a is a vast frontier. Space. Yeah, there's a lot of travel involved. I can tell you right now, just looking at the map, uh, assuming a base land speed of 30 feet, it would take over 12 days uh, to hike through the mountains to get to Ash Peak on the map if you just went straight there. If you want to stop at a settlement, which I would assume you'd want to do to gear up to 
find out what the scuttlebutt is and whatnot, then you're, you're, pretty much your two options are Glimmerhold and Kragadan. I mean, it's not like the world is going to end tomorrow. You've dealt a serious blow to the Storm Tyrant's army by killing now. Uh, what was the guy from Book 3? I can't even think. Urathash. Yeah, Urathash and Skirkatla. Um, but And disbanding their armies. And disbanding their armies, but this elite training academy, the best of the best. Still exist. It's just so crazy that there are these little settlements that seem to be on the side of the small folk, and then just dotted among these mountains from from north to south, or just little outcroppings where these giants are. It just seems crazy. Yeah. Can I ask one other question? This may be yeah. asking too much. Yeah. There's no. Um, well, I have two questions actually. Ah. One you brought up, Ash Peak being <laughs> dormant again and again. Mm-hmm. Can we know how long it's been dormant for? Or, like, I mean, that's you, an interesting That's something you might detail. want to ask about at one of these places okay. where you just found out about the existence of it seconds ago. You wouldn't know. Right. Knowledge geology. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, geography, if you, there, that is a skill. Well, I'd imagine, I imagine you added that for flavor, not that it's written on the map. Like, what? this is dormant. No, no. No, it says dormant. It does. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. I, I'm, I just gave you straight out of the book. Weird. So, um, straight dope. The other question is... We got There's an entrance into the volcano, so that also lets you know that it's dormant because they're training inside of it. That's crazy. That's really cool. So it's basically, like I said in the last episode, Blofeld's lair. Yes, it's Blofeld's lair. That is... It's uh, very, uh, very... Uh, um, uh, you only live twice. The perhaps most racist of the Bond films, but yes. Still. And, it's not, and that's saying something. Most hey. of the 70s ones were <laughs> that's yeah. pretty something. heavily. You only well, one of the 60s ones. <laughs> All right. yeah. they, they didn't have Sean Connery made up to look like as if he wanted to be a person of Japanese descent. That, that was what happened in... You only lived twice. Know, yeah. But yes. I will say, when I was... <laughs> and they I, refer to it as becoming... I'm making air quotes. Becoming Japanese. Yes. It's really cut. And you who wrote that screenplay? Who? Roald Dahl. Oh, there you go. Oh, Charlie. Yeah. Apparently he also did... Well, he's a known scumbag, right? Known scumbag. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I will say that when I was in living in Japan, as I did briefly, the entire time I had the theme from You Only Live Twice running through my head, and I didn't know why until I got back and I watched the movie. <laughs> who sings the theme to that one? I believe it's Nancy Sinatra, right? Uh, no. You How does it only go? live twice. Or so it seems. Or so it seems. I love Bond themes. Once for your life and once for your dreams. <laughs> But I, like I just Nancy, I just had the like I had that running through my head That's the entire one. time I was there. I I I this their their racism aside, I do have a deep love of the Bond movies. I also Oh yeah. Mostly the not racist ones. Well. But even like um, Are there any? <laughs> well, what, what was the the voodoo one? Oh, that's what my favorite. Oh, uh, Let Die. I love that movie. That's my favorite Bond movie. Really? Yeah. yeah. I find that one so boring. Oh, really? I lo- I lo- uh, no, I love that movie too. That's one of the first ones that I really got into. The yeah. Solitaire, Jane Seymour. Jane it's Seymour. Jane beautiful. Seymour. Yes. Oh, my God. The, my favorite Bond movie is From Rush With Love. Yeah, I that, love that's that the is, one. That's what oh, I started yeah. on. That is that's a either that or Goldfinger is my, my, my pick for best ever Bond movie. Yeah. Spy Who Loved Me is also a great Bond film. Oh, and a great Carly Simon does that one. Great yeah. Carly Simon Who Loved Me. It's a Marvin Hamlet song. 
You know, she doesn't like being on camera. Anyways, let's... Joe is so bored. Our episode count is going up by the fucking minute. <laughs> let's get this show on I the road. Picked, I picked high. That's why I'm I'm buffering. You're working buffering. It. Have you ever You're milking it right You're now. You're milking it. Joe, have you ever seen a Bond movie? Uh, I saw Goldeneye, which yeah, was the first Bond movie oh, I God. ever saw. I knew it was going to be like <laughs> Jesus Christ. 90s uh, Bond. You know, Jesus I went Christ. back and specifically because they all came out on Prime. And yeah. I watched yeah. like oh. the first three or four uh, with it was Connery, right? Yeah, uh, Nuts and, and Russia with Love is one of those. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that it, was that was a th- the second one. And they the were really one. good. And I don't, I have a problem sometimes with old movies. Like, uh, I thought it was going to be like, uh, yeah, I saw On Her Majesty's Secret Service. I that's think. actually a great that movie. That is a great, a great movie. Lazenby's only. Uh, the, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, they're such, clever and witty. <laughs> I have such yeah. like fond, specific memories. Like my best friend in middle school and I, would, like during the winter months when it, were, it was like snow days left and right, it was watching Bond movies and playing Ocarina of Time. <sighs> Man, that sounds good. It was That's, really yeah. great. My, my best friend and I would, like, would watch at his dad's house. We'd watch a bunch of like Bond movies. Remember Careless Days when you could just do whatever. It was so great. I mean, I was I was, <laughs> I was in middle school. I was miserable. That was like the one bit of solace. Well, you were the tiniest kid in class. What are you <laughs> Unfortunately, I was not the tiniest kid in class. Just beat you up and peed on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the front of every line. And, and now the Bond conversation is worth it. <laughs> that was Bond's backstory, yeah. I think. That's how he tiniest. became 007. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I waited for Grant to <laughs> <laughs> He got a spin on his computer. Oh, my God. It's double O, but his backstory uh, is all number one. <laughs> Oh my god Guys let's talk about The right, treasure Let's get back to the show That we're doing Can we Grant please You're, You've got us too far off track <laughs> Let's talk about The treasure Inside of this Good idea Oh my god room. You want to talk about The axe Let's hear Listen I'm going to roll Spellcraft checks all day I'm going to eventually tell you What this stuff is it's a large frost blood axe. Oh, frost, frost Isn't that blood? just sound fun? Frost blood axe? But it has axe? to be worse than the axe she was holding, right? Because why right. would you store the better she, one? She didn't bring out her B axe. <laughs> uh, it is a, ooh, it's pretty cool. It's a plus one frost wounding battle axe. Ooh, that's really cool. Sacrifices the souls of those it kills to the foul gods of the frost giants. So it's, when you kill someone, you're sacrificing that to the frost giant. <laughs> Dicey. Whenever it kills a creature with at least one hit die, every creature you'll face for the rest of the game, as an immediate action, the wielder can either activate divine favor on himself or bless on himself and his allies. That's kind of fun. That's interesting. And it's a plus one frost wounding battle axe. Wounding, I don't know what the wounding special thing does, but... That was flavorful, at least. I used to, I remembered this. What is it? Uh, I kind of forget now, but it it's It deals it's one cool. point of bleed damage when it hits a creature. Multiple hits from a wounding weapon increase the bleed damage. Oh, yeah. So, it bleed damage stacks. Crits do not multiply it. So, that's pretty, that's pretty, uh, pretty cool weapon. Why don't you give it to Dalgrith, who does nothing? <laughs> we don't... At the moment, really have anyone who can wield it effectively anyway. No. So no. it's probably... What kind of axe is it? Battle, uh, battle axe? Frost blade axe? No, I mean its size. It's uh, base weapon large. property. Oh. No, no, I'm not talking about that either. Is it a two-handed weapon or a one-handed weapon for a large creature? It's a battle axe. Yeah. Is that one, one-handed. Yeah. One-handed, yeah. But it would be two-handed, two-handed for a medium creature to use. But yeah. It would. Even if you size it down? No, no, not if you size it down. But oh. We'll never get to the cathedral again, so. Yeah, yeah, that's something we should probably talk about. <laughs> hey, we can get to the cathedral. Yep. Let's it's talk about 
the drinking horn of bottomless valor. Oh, what is that? God. Doesn't that sound awesome for yes. that crew? Yes, it really does, actually. Tenth, oh, my God. I could just see Dahlgrave, Baron, and Jim are just, like, passing this yeah, horn this horn. Let me tell you what this <laughs> fucking thing does. This horn is bound with fittings of gold and decorated with ornate carvings depicting scenes of glorious battle. A fully charged horn has three charges, and they're renewed each day. So long as it has at least one charge remaining, you can command to fill it with mead. You can command it to fill itself with mead Hell or yeah. any type of booze. You'd be like, Jin! Uh, <laughs> you know that's what Grant would say. <laughs> you, you, you fucking straight gin. <laughs> Old gin burger over here. Wait, you just said you can fill it with mead of any type of booze. Mead, or mead is mead. Or, 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 or any type of booze. <laughs> One charge when you when you can a creature can spend one or more charges while drinking to gain the following benefits. One charge, just puff, give, puff, puff, pass. The drinker <laughs> gains one d eight temporary hit points as from an aid spell, which lasts for one minute. Using one charge is similar to drinking a potion. Standard action and provokes two charges. You get one d eight plus five temporary. And you're enlarged oh. Like enlarged person for five minutes To use two charges The drinker must spend a full round drinking from the horn Which always provokes three charges You ready for this? Yeah yeah. 1d8 plus 10 temporary Bo- really bogarting. Enlarged for ten minutes And gains the benefit of a hero- heroism spell Oh wow As shit. it's enlarged it, You have to spend two full round actions Drinking from the horn uh, yeah. That's awesome That's amazing So now we gotta look so fucking at heroism cool. uh, Heroism is great Plus two Heroism's morale great. bonus to attack saves and skills Yeah Yep Pretty, pretty, pretty sweet. The game I just ran for our $100 Patreon subscribers, someone cast heroism and it ruined my day as a GM. Ooh. Yeah, that's enough. When people are like just just missing, they will no longer miss. It was a good time. You also get an insistent door knocker. This you iron, mentioned the door, the door knocker, knocker yeah. and I resisted and I was the, saying... I was like, I'm curious for this. What's knockers? Very interesting. <laughs> what? This treasure chest had some great doctor. knockers. <laughs> this iron gargoyle face holds an iron ring in its mouth. Once per day, when the flat back of the gargoyle face is placed against a wall, floor, or ceiling, it fuses into place, creating a usable door. Yes! And penetrating the space beyond Amazing. up to one foot, as if using pass wall. Wow. Wow. Oh it, my god Speaking the uh, Insistent door knocker Speaking the command word again ass Ends the pass wall effect And then the thing Pops back up And you can That's amazing That's great so you can just be like If this is If this is only one foot thick I can just create a wall Out of nothing That's A door Yeah and yeah. one foot yeah. Thick is thick Like most things Are gonna be uh Thinner than that, so we yeah. should be yes, good. Yes, maybe not volcano walls, but still pretty. Oh, cool. okay, great. So just immediately nerf it. Thanks, Troy. So just uh, sell it. <laughs> a marble mastodon figure. Okay, wondrous what, power. Uh, what is this? Tell. I'm so excited about this. Yeah, these figurines are usually so amazing. Badass. All right, so it it functions like a marble elephant. However, this. Was going to work a little bit different. So let me tell you about the mar- marble elephant figurine of Wondrous Power. This is the largest of the figurines of Wondrous Power, being about yeah. the size of a human hand. Oh, yeah. Upon utterance of the command word, a marble elephant grows to the size and specifications of a true elephant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the animal created from the statuette is fully obedient to the figurine's owner, serving as a beast of burden, a mount, or a combatant. 
Maze. This I particular was just one. Just complaining that we're not going to have any summon creatures. <laughs> Instead of creating an, a, an elephant, it creates a woolly mammoth. That <laughs> is what I am talking and wait, and wait, about. Is it a one-time use, or does it like shrink down again? No, statue can be day. used four times per month. Four oh, times per that's month. cool! Or wow. up to twenty-four hours at a time. Wow! So you're oh. telling me we could actually ride down? So we're a hundred percent riding a woolly mammoth. <laughs> Hell yeah! No one will see to Glimmer Town. <laughs> yeah, to Glimmer oh, Town. They should know we're coming. We're going to Glimmer Town. Yeah, we're going to come in like Aladdin, like when he's all fucking squared away. Just the staff like blowing horns and oh, is more. a staff of frost. Tipped on either end with a glistening diamond. Pembroke would have loved this. This rune-covered staff allows use of the following spells. One charge, ice storm. Two charges, wall of ice. Three charges, cone of cold. Oh, my. I think I can use that. Speaking of cone of cold, anybody have an open headband slot? Yep. Yep. Well, then you might be interested in the Winter Wolf headband. Ah, oh, I remember this, too, from last week. Crafted of pale bone or silver, this headband features a snarling wolf's head centered on the wearer's forehead. The wearer gains cold resistance 10. Boom. Once per day, the wearer may transform into a large white-furred wolf for 11 minutes. <laughs> In addition, once per day, the wearer may breathe a 30-foot cone of cold that deals 76 points of cold damage, 7 die 6, reflex DC 16 for half. The wearer may use this breath weapon even when transformed into the winter wolf. Wow. We could cause a lot of trouble in that wolf cave. Head out of here. That's yeah. true. Start some fights. It's my cave, bitch. <laughs> there is also an ivory cameo of a chelish woman worth 250 gold pieces. Seven amethysts worth 50 gold pieces each. 130 platinum pieces. 4,260 gold pieces. And 7,834 silver pieces. Wow. What a haul. I'm that so is a good haul. I've and a map. Never been happier for stone counting. I just wrote, and lots of other stuff. <laughs> so there I'm gonna, is. I'm going to email it to you, Matt. There is a chance. You're telling me there's a chance that we could have gone through this room and never seen this little treasure trove. You're telling me you would have let us walk out of here without yeah. that map? Uh, that stuff? If you had really failed horribly on the checks, I would have given you the map and not given you the stuff. Wow. Because the map kind of neat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd be like, oh, and but you also find a map. You tripped over it on your way out. There's a mural on the wall. It's a map. It's tucked in the Skirkatla's armor. It says Ash Peak. Well, cool. So that's, that's the situation. Other situation you have is that with Skirkatla dead, you now have her gear specifically her armor which Brander has demanded of you the last thing he said to you in that dream if you're to trust the dreams do what you think is right Baron what do you want to do we have to talk about it before we leave this place do we give Brander this armor I know we can certainly use it for bait for you to learn more Metra but I don't know if we can even touch this man he's so powerful this might be a means to an end to get more information on him or it may be an opportunity to barter but I don't like making deals with people that evil 
What is to be gained from him? I don't know. And what if we don't give him the armor? What if we take it and go about our lives? I don't know. It seems strange to me. I don't mind giving him the armor. It's not has no value to me. It doesn't seem like something so powerful to let him do more than he can already do. But yet, he needs us to take it. He can't just come in here and take it from Skakatla himself. This Baron Ashpeak here that killed Skakatla, he's the one powerful enough to do it. Does that mean you're more powerful than Brander, Baron? I don't know. I don't think so. I agree with you. But he's a... He's a vexing figure. I'll tell you that. I don't understand his motives. I can't wrap my head around what he's doing here. He swears he's not our enemy. But yet... Feels like he's playing us. He is my enemy. Yeah, he's mine too. Put my ward, my charge... In a state, vegetative state... It's my duty to bring him out of it. I, uh, I think he may be, uh, he might have compromised me a bit. I've been seeing him in dreams. What? Walked into rooms. Seen child at once promised a better world for there heard him talk to me offered me items he seems to be threatening me but also strangely giving me a a choice I don't know what any of it means the only thing I want to do is to stop him. But stop him from what? I, I don't know. That's what we don't know. Stop him from whatever his plan is, but we don't know his plan. It puts us at a disadvantage. What do all of you think? I don't know if we can... I don't know if we can beat him. I've never faced this person. I don't know, but I think that um, we have the option of trying to bait him in so you can confront him. I mean, I, I'd certainly, you know, be in favor of trying my hand against him. Or, uh, you know, we can give up the armor, you know, see if, uh, see if that mollifies him somehow. And we can benefit from that? I don't know. What negotiation is there with a man who wears my daughter's face? Well, well, there is that, and I understand <laughs> there's a personal aspect to a lot of this. So I've seen you face down the armies of darkness. What does one man scare you, Jimmer? Oh, no, no. It ain't that I'm scared. I'm just trying to be practical. And uh, I respect the pain and uh, hardship that you've had to go through and your stakes in all this but uh, and I'm perfectly willing to fight this person but I'm just trying to act tactically here and see what our best options are 
I think that the only option now that I try to fully take in the breadth and depth of his plans and the absolute evil emanating from that armor is to destroy the armor. Unless we think we can leverage it and somehow change his mind. I I don't like it. I don't like it, Baron. I think... Metro, no disrespect, but I think that... I don't think we can beat him. I've been... I've been in the room with him. There's a feeling about him that shakes me to my core. I'm not the most... I'm not the bravest man, that's for sure, but I, I feel like he's got something happening there that I don't quite understand. And if maybe... Maybe... If you want to see him, if you want a chance to face him, well, the armor might just give you that chance, but I don't know that we could beat him. I don't know that going in fatten is the way to go. Maybe you just give it to him. Ask him what he's doing here. Try to get the information out of him. Find a weakness we can exploit later. I, I, I don't know. Metra, I just met you. I don't know what you're capable of, but... Ah, it's like Jimmy said. If you want me to go against him, I mean, I will. But I just don't think he'd let it happen. Seems to me he's got all the control here. I can't see giving him what he wants. I just can't see it. If the option is... Give him the armor, destroy the armor. I would destroy the armor. But do we even have the means to destroy it? Well, this brings up an excellent question. We kind of haphazardly, before we went north last episode, Baron did a quick spellcraft on it. Are there any other applicable checks we could learn about destroying it or any other uh, info about this armor? You can roll religion or history. I'll try religion. Uh, 19. Mm. Ooh, 21. Ooh. Ooh. Religion. So, religion. Okay. So, you know, you know, the morgues are kind of a perfect example. Um, it makes sense why they were so close to her uh, throne room. The way morgues are created, I don't know if we talked about it on the show or not because you didn't fight them. It's like the worst, most horrible serial killers and whatnot, when they die, their evil, like, brings them back to life and transforms them into these horrible, horrible creatures. So this was, like, giants that were so just pure embodiments of evil uh, that came I mean, back chaotic as these evil. Yeah, yeah, chaotic evil that came back as these morgues. With the Grave Knight, it's very, very similar. They're almost, they're sort of analogous to uh, liches, in a way. And their spirit lingers on in their armor. Hmm. In order to destroy a Grave Knight's armor, you either have to disintegrate it, throw it into a volcano, or bring it to the positive energy plane. (laughs) (laughs) Disintegrate it sounds like an option. Uh, active volcano. We only know of dormant volcanoes. We only know of dormant volcanoes right now. <laughs> Sadly. And bringing it to the positive energy plane. Anybody have knowledge arcana? 
Yeah. Or knowledge oh. planes. Knowledge planes. I have both of those. All right. Which one? Planes. Make more sense. I rolled terribly. Hmm. 15. 15 on planes. Planes. Yeah. You would know that no, none of you could survive actually going to the positive energy plane. Very cool. It's just We'd like never survive it's the such positive blinding positive light, it would disintegrate. Yeah, actually, there's a story. There's the uh, um, uh, Lovecraft Country. Uh, the books that are being turned into a show, I think that uh, Jordan Peele was working. Yeah, on. I've, I've heard of the show. They have they, the, one of the one of the stories that they talk about, like what the theory behind like positive energy, positive energy mm-hmm. being kind of horrifying, because they say, like in 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 the, the the author, like I can't remember, but they talk about like this being exposed to positive energy. It kind of like strips away anything that makes you you and just leaves the essence just the life force yeah and it's like it strips away like anything kind of distinctive about your personality or your person and it just like boom, you're just like wow. stripped of all this so it's like even though it's positive energy it's just like it's it's awful yeah so yeah. so that just you saying that like made me think of of, yeah. of that yeah so Dalgrith knows yeah. this he knows this about the armor and as you're saying this aloud... He has this thought, yeah, says it aloud. Yeah. And it's just thinking, well, maybe it's her spirit he's looking for. Maybe he's trying to connect to it, commune with it, learn something from it. She, he's, he's given us these clues with what he's done with your daughter. He's, he's trying to extend his life. Baron said that... Well, you intimated that he was undead, but he's not. He's very much alive, but he's taking on these attributes of undeath. Maybe this woman, this giant's ability to raise and live for 350 years is something he wants to research deeply. And it's within her armor that he can do it. It brings him closer to immortality. So maybe you're right. Maybe it is a disintegrate. It's not a simple warding piece of armor when it comes to him. It could be something far greater and far more devastating if we let it get in his hands. Well, it's simple to me. He's seeking out some of the most powerful and good people I've ever seen and trying to take something away from him. He did it to Galabras. He did it to Della. And now, even though I don't care about this dead witch... Skirkatla, she is no doubt one of the most powerful souls, spirits, and energies I've ever come across, and nothing good can come from Brander having access to that. So I think if you're willing, please help us destroy this armor, Metra. I must see him disintegrated in front of his face. Let him look at it and then yes. burn it right yes. in front of him. See what he does. Get his reaction. That will teach us more than anything else. God's help me, but I haven't seen my daughter in a very long time. And even if he's stolen her face, it would be one glimpse that I never got to have. Dograith looks at Baron like, ooh, like, dude, might not be a good idea. One other option. Can I somehow use magical device on the scroll to shoot that armor to the plane of positive energy? 
you the plane shift would allow you to go to the uh, plane of positive energy. You'd have to take it with you, but you would disintegrate. Oh, with it's the worth arm. it, dude. <laughs> you can't, you can't yeah. let Brander have it. I yeah. could also cast one spell. <laughs> you don't have to. You only have yourself. five a day. <laughs> yeah, he could do it, and it would be a, a consumable item. <laughs> it begs the and question: then, Why Brander gave that? Yeah, to no, that's fucking me up real hard, real hard. And it's even trickier because she could just disintegrate it right now, but she doesn't want to because she knows that might keep him away. Very tricky. Oh, this is hard. (laughs) This is so hard. This is uh, how is he to find us? What did he tell you? He told us that when we exited the crypt, he'd be there, and that he would want to collect upon what is owed him immediately upon our exit. We also don't have to exit the way he expects. But don't forget what he told you in your dream, Baron. What's he holding over you? What's he going to do if you don't give him the armor? How is he going to punish you? I have, in my entire journey, fighting against this man and the giants that conspire to take over this world, never bowed down to threats against my person or those around me. And if he were to do something like that, he could do it at any time, at any moment. I will not be blackmailed. If he takes anything else away from me, just be digging another hole in my heart. And it's vast, my friend. There's room for more. But it seemed to me that this child meant something to you. Something a little more personal. And you're willing to let that go. I'm not going to be willing to go another moment without saying her name, sharing it with you. Her name's Aubrey. Parents were dead, killed by giants outside of Shinnerman's fortune. I told her grandmother that I would fight for her, that I would move forward, use her spirit as something to inspire me, something... And someone that could live her life and enjoy the world. The, me and my partners, my friends, all of whom are dead now, we're going to provide her. But there's only so much a man can do, and all I can do is fight what's in front of me, and if there's a son of a bitch that can enter my dreams and teleport all over the world and threaten to kill a baby. There's nothing I can do about that. But what I can do is I can destroy this armor before he ever gets his fucking hands on it. Can't let him have it. Sounds like decision's been made. As long as you're willing to do it, Metra. Perhaps we draw him out into the open. You get a look for yourself. Yes. And then do it. And then I'll disintegrate it. I just don't like... Personally, Grant does not like the idea of, like... He's so extra magical, he could just pop in before... Or I also don't like... And I don't... Matthew's here, so that's weird. But, like, I don't like the headspace where Metra's at seeing her daughter and not being able to pull the disintegrate trigger. I don't like that either. 
does he have some sort of is there some sort of reason he can't enter the tomb not one we found not one that's obvious I have an it's idea it's a mystery what we can put we can put we can put the uh, we can take the armor into the pocket dimension of your your breastplate yeah I was thinking about something like that but and then when you and you know when he after we negotiate with Brander or either either the either in the breastplate or in the ethereal plane well the problem is if I say the and I'm not in the armor like I could bring it with me I guess but yeah or I, I mean the, and if you use the cloak you go you and everything you're holding goes into the ethereal plane yeah I just he's so fucking magical that I don't I don't know anything bring it with us I'll do it. Trust me, I have no compunction about doing it in front of him. All right. And I'll take the cloak and go into the ethereal plane just in case. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Uh, See ya. See ya. <laughs> I'll be back. Good worry. luck with Brenda. Yeah, I'll be back. <laughs> Bye. See ya. <laughs> so what's, it, what's our plan? Teleport to the entrance of the cave? Since we can't walk out? Oh, right. Out? We can't even walk out. No, we'll teleport, yeah, to the little house we were in. Uh, yeah, we can do there. that. Wait oh, for my there. God. It's so awful. I just want to destroy it now, but I also want to give Metra... Baron feels like he owes Metra the opportunity to see this bastard. The only reason he's not demanding it be done right now, right in this in this room. We also don't know Savage. that he wouldn't show his face if we destroyed it. Yeah. He might be, like, pissed and show up. Yeah. But, I don't know. Uh so you want to teleport out or do you want to destroy it here? Teleport out. Teleport out. Roll a D100. Oh, it. Well, it's, it's different now. It's weird with Metra. Yeah, Metra's screwing everything up. Yeah, I mean, and she kind of has this, like, ability to call the shots. That's the mom. Yeah, exactly. A bereft mother. You're like, yes, Mrs. Nine. Ten. <laughs> Ten, you're all right. <laughs> yeah, those are very low numbers. Yeah, you're very, very low. Boom, boom. And you're back in that, uh, was it a tannery, I think? Yeah. Um, Smells good. Stinking tannery. Oh. Stinks of worse. Now we wait. What's the plan plan outside of Brander? What you see on that map, Baron? What's your plan? I, uh... I've heard of Kragadan before. I've always, uh... Kragadan, yes. You know, of course you know. Of course I forgot I, know I, forgot I was standing next to Talgrith. <laughs> this tall son of a bitch over here and this blue-skinned lady really uh, threw me off. Oh. Don't have blue skin. Oh, sorry. I it's was just, thinking about your dead daughter. It's just that's so pale. Didn't have blue skin either. It's just so Wait, pale. Bar- Baron, you're pale? embarrassing yourself. Oh, right. It was the hair. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we're keeping that in. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's drinking a habanero beer. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's not about alcoholism. It's about not caring about you as a person or as a player. Uh, no. Wow! wow. <laughs> really right. That's a joke! That's Real a right joke! Turn. Yeah. Um, all right, so... Grant, Grant your, reminds me of Brander. Send me your receipt, Grant. <laughs> Grander. 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 Oh, no! No, it's him. <laughs> Kill him. Disintegrate. Um, <laughs> I disintegrate you. So, uh, yeah, I think that might be the best place to feel inspired and also get our hands on the best wares that we could possibly have before going to Ash Peak. 
Yeah, and you know, you can resize weapons there as well, I'm sure. It's a huge settlement, and they're dwarves. They're going to be able to have that access. You're just not going to have the magical powers of the forge to do it uh, quickly. Or I mean, is it worth establishing a base of a base at the, at the forge, at the cathedral? Since we lost that, but that was always a convenient place to go back, and I'm, I'm talking as Matthew now. And like, yeah. There are ways we can get there. I mean, I can fly... We have the Broom of Overland Flight. The Broom of Overland Flight will fly 40 hours a day. I did the math. It flies nine hours a day. 40 hours a day. I'm sorry, 40, 40 miles. It's an 40 amazing miles broom. A day. Look at yeah. the uh, map there. I mean, it's pretty far. It's far. It's really far. If uh, the distance between uh, Ash Peak and Skiergard is 100, 100 miles, yeah. you're talking about roughly 200 to 300 miles. Yeah. It's also, uh, however... It's not that far from True Now. Yeah. You could definitely go back to, to True Now and, and then fly. We could all, all pop back to True Now and then fly in. I like having Menderhall's Valley as kind of a bastion of hope for like the world beyond. Again, talking as Grant. I like the idea of seeing this little temple get built up. But also that stone skin. Uh, yeah, stone skin's pretty good. But I think you just fly there. I mean, there's no reason we can't take a couple days yeah. while you journey there. We'll go to True Now. Leave you guys we, at Trunel. I don't think we even need to go to Trunel. I don't think you we need to go to Trunel. You want to wait here? Did you say you think we need to go? No, I don't. I think no. we, but I think there's. It would behoove us to go to the cathedral, establish yeah. like a presence there. Know how to teleport back there when yeah. we wanted to, because it really is like a, a valuable kind of base. Yeah. To operate out of with with the resizing, with all the the, the buffs that we can get from the forge. Yeah, I just don't feel the rush. You know what I mean? I think yeah. we take the time for you to get uh, Metro to get to the cathedral. You should also get to Skelt, though you don't have to. But I mean, I mean, we could. I mean, we could go. While you make the journey there, we could travel to Skelt. Um, yeah. And meet you back in Skelt, just so that we can get off this mountaintop. You know, get some cooler uh, or uh, warmer temperatures and um, rest and food and proper lodging and whatever even if it, it takes a couple days mm-hmm. you can fly to the cathedral and then fly to Skelt and then we can all teleport back to the cathedral yeah or I could go with you to Skelt all, we all travel to Skelt over land yeah fly the, I, I fly the cathedral with Baron and then come get, grab you yeah Skelt sure that, that sounds works. like a great plan I love it I love you as a person and a player <laughs> there you go well that was a change of heart mm. <laughs> it happened fast <laughs> But speaking of change of heart, I don't, I don't want to speak for everyone else, but I understand, Baron, why you want to go to Crackadan, and I'd love to see it myself. But on to Ash Peak, to this giant training camp, I want to make sure we're all doing it for the right reasons. I mean, why, Metro, do you want to continue on this way? New Jimmer, all the way south. To some giant camp. What's your end in all this? What's yours? Fortune and glory? Please don't. I always give up the wrong vibe, Baron. That's not what I'm trying to... He looks over at Baron, like, kind of seriously. He's just like... I don't... I'm not very good with, uh... Clever speeches, uh, 
saying what I feel in a in a concise way, but I'll, I'll just say that this this man here. Well, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm I'm pretty sure that he saved my life, and uh, I think that means he's my friend. And I don't. Uh, what's that on my hands, Baron? It's a, it's a, it's a policy. It's a deathbringer policy. You saved my life. You're my friend. And wherever you go, at least for now, I'm with you. And I'll tell you one thing, Metron Jimmer. This man is my friend, and his fame not only precedes him, as you've heard about his daring dues all across this land, but it also hides the man. He's not a coward. He's not after money and glory. He could have left at any time. He could have turned and run. He could have gone off with his wealth and retired and been around wine and women all day long. But he stuck it out. He's just trying to make sure in his own way that you're here for the same reasons he is. I gotta say, I, I don't care about any of this. This is not my fight. I, I don't. I don't have any truck with any like world-spanning conspiracies or. Conquest. It's not my fight, but I'm here because I believe that this is where the boy needs me to be. I believe that, and so I'm here now because I think this is where Galabras needs and wishes me to be. So if that's where the fight takes me down into the Ash Peak, Gates of Hell, whatever, I'll, I'll follow it. I'll be there. I'll be there for him. Sheriff, it sounds like you were one of the best friends my daughter ever had. I want to face Brander now. If we survive, I'm at your service. A deputy, if you will. <laughs> Baron Don't give me a Nods badge or anything, No Baron nods Take this <laughs> Put it on your cloak And then he, he feels Underneath his winter clothes Like he slides his hand Underneath And touches The badge he got In true now And he just nods at her And smiles Do you know for uh, I don't know off the top of my head How long Dogwraith Has been in the show Mm-hmm in real Is it like time 15 episodes? episodes? Um, Since Four Bears Death? Yeah, Four Bears Death. Uh, sure. I can't quite remember, but I've never talked about who plays him. <laughs> yes, you have. You've never cast him? You told us in the first episode. I did? Yeah. I, I mean, I know who did. it is. So you, I must, you, you must have told me at some point. I don't think I ever said who ca- Well, who, who is it? Him. Wait, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mouth it to you. Okay. And you tell me all yeah. 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 So I must know for some reason. I don't even know. I think what? you just saw my character sheet. Who? I, I swear you told us. <laughs> Who is it? And we don't know. Uh, it's played by Colin Farrell. Oh. You definitely told what? us. What? No, we never heard that. I didn't I know think that. You, you told Matthew at Pillow Talk. 
Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what he slept over. Yeah. What he slept over that. <laughs> that sleepover we had. Yeah, he's, um, he's Colin Farrell. <laughs> no, Colin, yeah, Colin <laughs> Farrell. Let's blind to like play video, video games all night long. It's like, it's not good <laughs> there was this movie he did, uh, The Deer something. It was, uh, anyway, he, he looks older now. You know what I mean? Like, I remember him as this, like, young hotshot yeah. sort of guy, which is, like, part of the, the dog. Oh, the lobster. Thing. Uh, the Lobster is one of my favorite movies I've yeah. seen in the past like five years. Oh yeah, that's so, perfect. So this, ver- this version of him, but you know, like oh uh, yeah, you know, oh, like, that's great. In the his time, beard. he's like a uh, you know, he's a fucking hot shot, yeah, yeah. like a, a, a ladies' man or whatever. Yeah. But now he's older and he's uh, got a, a black and gray and a salt and pepper. Um, yeah, anyway. TLC. Um, all right, so you're in this cabin. You've all talked. You're, it seems like you're all of a similar purpose now, and you're just waiting for Brander. Yeah. Time passes. No one knocks at the door. I assume you're looking out from time to time towards the front of the tomb. Maybe you send uh, Dog Wraith out, invisible or something, just to make sure, knowing full well he probably has sea invisibility. If he can turn into a fucking dragon, yeah. he no, I mean, has all that stuff. I don't know what type. Honestly, of I think Dogwraith might go out not invisible. Yeah, just be like, just stand out there because he's so convinced that this guy doesn't get his kicks by just showing up and killing people. Like he's got some weird game going on. Yeah. Day turns into night, and he never comes. I don't know what he's playing at. This might have been part of the manipulation itself, just telling us about the armor. Well, you do what you want with it. Disintegrate now or later. Doesn't matter. Either way, I think we need to start making our way to Skelt. If he meets us on the way, so be it. Keep it for now, then. Okay. Delay. While we move on. Baron doesn't like the idea of delaying. But... Sometimes. Against the best strategy. Well, no, just on the item existing still, because it's so evil. But, because of everything he's gone through, he's just, you know, muddling over in his head. He's fucked up, lost all these companions and stuff. He's going to let it slide. And uh, we'll move on. All right, so you hold on to the armor, or you throw it in the bag, or... Yeah, I think... Uh, where no, I got I got a handy every sec. I'll tell you. Jimmer seems the least corruptible out of all of us, no, so I, I kind of want I, him I, to have I, it. I don't care. I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to... Jimmer holds it in his hand. You have a handy haversack too, right? I have a bag of holding. Bag yeah. of holding. So that's probably where you put... Yeah, that's Favre where I put it the first time. Pembroke's junk. Yeah. Um, all right, so Jimmer holds the... <laughs> what do we do with the bodies? Um, we didn't well, talk about well, that. Yeah, I mean, that's a summer of the bag. It's another thing I felt like we talk about is like we'll get them back to Skelt or something like that before. Yeah. So imagine this rather than playing this all out like um, Dalgrith and Jimmer would probably make the trip to Skelt. We're all going to go to Skelt. No, we're all oh, going to go, go, go to Skelt. Skelt. All right, yeah, so we're all going to hike together. Hike to Skelt. What was it, like three days or four yeah, days? It's going like to take three days to get to Skelt. From Skelt, then what? You're going to fly to the mind spins to yep. fly to the cathedral of Minderhall while Jimmer and because Baron has to go with you to direct yeah. you yeah. yeah while Jimmer and Dahlgraith stay in Skelt Skelt and deal with you know and report everything that happened right. let and, and let them know they're safe at least from that encroaching giant camp frost giant camp all right, so then you go on to fly to the Cathedral of Minderhall, which I'll say takes another uh, three days, you know? So you, like, fly, land, camp, 
Me fair. So many amazing Well, you know, I'm just looking at Skelt. I think you could probably do that in two days. Be back to Skelt in a total of three days. If you look at the map there, like, you're yeah, flying. You to, yeah, as the crow flies, like, you can cover a lot of ground. Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's say by the time you're all back in Skelt and ready to go, five days. Meet fair and shake hands. Nice to meet uh, you. Five and a half, Ralph six Yo. days. Almost a week, yeah. Oh, Ralph, yeah. Six days. Love him. Um... Yeah, you do the whole meet and greet. Now you know. I spent you know, I spent a couple hours there. It's, yeah, so I really take it all in the whole surrounding area. Could teleport back there very um, easily. So at least it's seen casually, and then uh, <laughs> taking twenty, and then you can teleport back to Skelt. Right. All right. That was our, the idea. Our, the only place we know in Skelt, which is that one hotel room. <laughs> That's right. No, no, no. We got a new place now. We hiked there, so now you can pick anywhere. Uh, it's a different, can, different oh, hotel. We can take a different hotel. I'm sure they're sick of us popping up. Can we go straight to the bottle service area where Dalgirth and Baron got to know each other and be like, listen, I'm going to trade in a few of these amethysts to get you some bottle service, big guy. Come on, Jimmer. Uh, and then from Skelt, are you going to Krakadam? I think so, yeah. Yeah. You could uh, teleport to Skiergard if you want to save some time, because you do know what Skiergard looks like. Uh, I'm not going to have you roll D100s for these, because, uh, you know, we're just moving things along here. So you teleport to Skiergard. We'll say it's now uh, day, day day seven. I passed all my teleport checks. Okay, good. Uh, can we reserve the right to retroactively do some, like, uh, deal with the remains? Yes, like, I don't yeah. want to rush that, but like, because no, no, no. I have some ideas, but I don't want to bog it down right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of want to keep things okay. shopping, and but yeah, shopping, that's fine. And, and shopping and, and the remains, but you're dealing with the remains in Skelt. Well, right? I, I don't know. No. So, like, you know, let me just retroactively. Yeah, yeah. You can think about this. It. Maybe you want to go back to the cathedral and do something. I'm trying proper. to think of the individual characters. Yeah. We might not even want to bury them on this continent. You know what I mean? So there's there's things to think about. Yeah. Um, but now you make your way to Kragadam. Um, you know from Skiergard it's twelve. Days on foot. Can you cast communal fly metro? Or that's only ten. Only what? Like twelve minutes. So you're pretty much hoofing it. We're hoping. Even it. if we were jump on it. the elephant, like you're I mean, I, I definitely think we should jump on the elephant. But I don't know. <laughs> the elephant. <laughs> but is, I, don't, uh, I don't even know if we all ride on an elephant. I don't know. I mean, one of us can ride on the broom. We can also just travel for ten, twelve days. Yeah. That, you know, that's normal. <laughs> Somewhere around. Um, Day 10, you're camping uh, near the confluence of the Deep Cut and the Maradeth River. You see the those two, uh, yeah. those two uh, rivers that sort of connect. They're just uh, east of Glimmerhold and north of Kragadan. So you probably have got another four or five days, three or four days to get to Kragadan from there. And what's the weather like? Is it just like temperate? Like, is it fall? Is it's it spring? Chilly. It's late Can't fall remember. now. Late fall now. Late chilly. Fall. Late fall. It'll be winter soon. Um, camping one night and got your watches and whatnot. You wake up in the morning and something seems a little off. Let me roll a perception check. Oh dear. God damn it. Son of a bee stick. 35. 22. 30. Jim, you see that your handy haversack is untied. And wide open. Oh. <laughs> oh, hell. Oh, hell. Grant's very upset. Oh, I wanted 
You should have killed me when you had the chance! <laughs> but that's not all. Roll a survival check. Uh, 21. 21. You see, not too far away from the camp, a series of footprints that start out small and then become Talons. very, very large. Like something had been crawling and changing along the way and then left as a giant. We'll see you next week. Oh, oh shit! Oh, oh, oh my god! Oh, shit! Oh, oh my god! Oh, no. oh my god. Grad, you were you made such huge mistakes. Great <laughs> <laughs> so mad. The Glass Cannon Podcast is a Glass Cannon Network production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Giant Slayer is copyright 2015. Giant Slayer and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes.